This Can Do Podcast is brought to you by Blake Albina Thoroughbred Services. Blake Albina is a full-service bloodstock agency and consignment company representing clients at every major horse sale in the country. For more information, call Ron Blake at 859-396-4836 or Hunsley Albina at 859-621-0800. Whether an experienced owner or a newcomer to the game, Blake Albina has the knowledge and experience to help you achieve your goals in the thoroughbred industry. I got the horse right here, the name is Paul Revere, and here's a guy that says if the web is clear, can do, can do, this guy says the horse can do. back to the Can Do Podcast. This is your host, Bill Duncliffe. Thanks for joining us for another episode with Heroes and History and Some Hijinks of Horse Racing Come Alive. The late 1990s and on into the new century were a golden era of older mares in horse racing. Beautiful Pleasure, Heritage of Gold, Silver Bullet Day, Keeper Hill, Banshee Breeze, Ribaletta, and Jostle all ended their careers with seven-figure earning tallies. Silver Bullet Day amassing nearly $3.1 million for Mike Pegram and Bob Baffert, while Beautiful Pleasure took down over $2.7 million for owner John Oxley and trainer John Ward. These fillies faced each other in the starting gate repeatedly in multiple graded stakes at various tracks during that memorable time. There is another name, however, not already mentioned, that a look at the charts from back in the day reveals a certain fearlessness in repeatedly facing off against these, dare I call them heavyweights, always trying, always going forward, sometimes exceeding, but always fighting the good fight. An even closer look at the name of the horse, and the horse's namesake, shows a fearlessness, a willingness to fight the good fight, that invites further exploration, demands respect, and quite frankly inspires awe even to this day. I hope that hearing that story will do the same for you. In the late 1990s, my youngest daughter Rose was just entering the double-digit age phase of her life. She was, and still is, a fun-loving, good-humored young lady who got the word games and pranks I like to play with all of our kids. Perhaps she'd been schooled in this art by her older brother and sister. Perhaps she just doped it out all on her own. The important point was that she had not yet reached the eye-rolling, oh, dad, phase of her teenage siblings. Nicknames or pet names were one of my things. It was in those late 1990s that for a period of time, the one who we would otherwise refer to then and now as Rosie would instead be referred to by me as Rosa Robata, making sure I rolled those alliterative R's just right. I'm sure she had no idea what I meant, but she would just smile and politely go along. Perhaps it was the alliteration itself that drew me to the horse, or just the sense that there simply had to be a story behind this name. Whatever it was, I knew I wanted to know more. Fletcher Clement was a commercial real estate broker out of Little Rock, Arkansas, and, at the time, a longtime buyer of racehorses, when he attended the Ocala Breeder Sale in April of 1997. Without the deep pockets of the top-tier buyers, he was always on the lookout for a bargain. Having dropped out of the bidding when it hit $20,000 for one two-year-old he had in his sights, his eye was drawn to a, perhaps prophetically, spirited filly named Fiery May Day. He purchased the filly that day for $12,000. An Army and Vietnam veteran, as well as a history major at the University of Arkansas Little Rock, he had developed a special interest in the Holocaust. A New York Times article from June of 2000 quotes him as saying, Maybe as a veteran it gave me an affinity for people in untenable positions. The horse, renamed Rosa Robata by Clement, got her first victory as a two-year-old in her second start at Louisiana Downs and proceeded to reel off five straight in-the-money finishes, capped by a win in the Honey Bee Stakes at Oaklawn Park. Failing to duplicate that success in the Grade 2 Fantasy Stakes or in the subsequent Kentucky Oaks, she was eventually privately sold to Ron McKee of McKee Racing Stables. McKee, owner of a window company in Indianapolis, employed Dale Romans as his trainer of choice. 
Now, she had a pretty successful two-year-old year and actually into her three-year-old year, but you did not own her right away either, right? No, I bought her at Keeneland, and, of course, my recall is not real, real good at this time, but I think she was a three-year-old or four. I think she's a three-year-old, three-year-old. late, late yep. three-year-old, yes. And um, we bought her at the Keeneland sale, I believe, at the Paisley sale or Keeneland sale there in Lexington. And I remember we took her down to Churchill, which had the fall meet going on, and we almost immediately ran her back. We ran her in an allowance race, which she won. And so we got we got dividends on our dollars almost immediately. I remember that much. And uh, yeah, and uh, I, I, I'm not sure which one of the sales was we bought her from, but Dale Romans basically called me on her and uh, told me about her, and he knew a little bit about the horse. He had seen her training there at Churchill Downs, and we pulled a trigger on her, and uh, it was a, it was a good buy. Yeah, because she had. Um you know, after, I mean, her two-year-old year, I, I think she really only out of the money finish was her debut. And then actually into her three-year-old year, she, she won the grade three honeybee at, at Oklahoma. Yes, yes, um, yes. And then her performance kind of tailed off. I mean, she, she right. fantasy stakes, Kentucky Oaks. So it, it, apparently, I guess after the Oaks, her owners at the time said, we want to do a private sale where we're, we're, we're We've gotten what we wanted out of this, or how did that how did that play out? I, I'm not I'm not sure. In fact, I don't even remember who the trainer was. I think it might have been Blackie Huffman, but I'm not sure who it was. But uh, I just know that Dale seemed to think she had a lot of potential, and that she had, like you say, tailed off a bit there at Churchill, and they were putting in they they did put her in the sale in the auction, and and we and uh, from there we purchased her, you know. And uh, Dale really thought we could do something with her, you know. And then it, it turned out he was a good prophet because we he did. Was right. you know? He was right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I always think that's one of the things that's interesting about the trainers and horse racing is, you know, and, and the old saying is, right, they have, not, they have to know all the horses on the grounds, right? Um, right. And, and it, it's really interesting sometimes the eye that they have that they'll look at a horse and say, you know, if this person was just doing this instead of that, right, I could get something out of it. And, and it's 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 probably changes from trainer to trainer, right? I mean, there's probably some horses that saw Dale's horses and said, I could do better, and vice versa, right? Well, yeah, and, and, and oftentimes it's the fact, you know, Dale's program takes him from, uh, you know, Kentucky in the spring to uh, Saratoga in the, in the summer, back to Kentucky, and then to, then to, to uh, Florida in the winter, yep. and back to Kentucky. But he's got a, that's his circuit, and it could have been that the guys that had her before were just basically running Kentucky. I don't know, or maybe running Kentucky and and Louisiana or somewhere, you know. So, off times where the trainers is racing has something to do with the two in selection of horses, you know, and, and claiming something or buying something, et cetera. Yeah. You know. Oh, that's an interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. And 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 we really thought that we really thought that she fit into our program well, you know, and um, and once again, that's why we we did what we did, you know. He purchased the horse, having noted the same fighting spirit that Clement Fletcher had noticed earlier, while at the same time being unaware of the provenance of her name. His friend Jimmy Island took care of that for him. And, and and Ron, you did not know the story behind her name when you bought her, correct? No, I didn't. In fact, we had we had uh, we bought her, we raced her at uh, like I say, we raced her at Churchill. And then, if I'm not mistaken, it was the early spring, real early spring at Turfway, and we had her uh, entered in a race there, and I believe it was the Fairway at Turfway plus yes, $50,000 yep. stakes race. And uh, Jimmy Islin, of course, Jimmy's known around the New York circuit some, you know, but Jimmy, 
and I had partnered on some things. And uh, in fact, I think we were partners then on a couple other horses. But he uh, he called me either right before or right after that race and told me the story. And and uh, and it didn't it didn't register with me much at that time. I mean, I really appreciated that this that the other thing. But I got home and I remember looking it up on the internet, and I mean, it it sent chills down my spine when I read the story and really, really, really associated, you know, her name with this with this great Polish hero, young lady, you know, and it just literally gave me cold chills. I mean, uh, she was she. Uh, anyone who reads about her or sees anything uh but he told me the story and it was just it was just it was just awesome it was just really awesome yeah no i, I had the same reaction because uh, you know uh the name first of all comment and something about the alliteration i just like the name you know the, the two hours yeah. kind of rolled together like that and then yeah. the fact that she was always around uh and, and i knew there had to be something in the name and i had the same reaction you did when i I wasn't sure what I was going to find. I wasn't sure if I was going to find yeah. a variation of a flower or yeah, or yeah, what. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, but when I found it, I was, oh my god! You know what? This is an incredible story. And uh, you know, one of the things I keep coming back to about you know we talk a lot about heroes these days, um, and you know I think the word is thrown around a little bit too much. But she was a she was a hero. I mean, just oh yeah, really no yeah. question about it. Um, yeah, and, and and at such a young age, you know, just a child, really. I don't know. I, I don't can't remember. She but she's either in her late teens or early twenties or something. I can't remember exact age she was, but she's very very young. Yes, yeah. I I think that's one of the things that attracted me to her way back way back then was yeah. you know just the never ever quit. You know, um, even if like you said, even if she was a a cup below, she wasn't she wasn't far below. Cause like we talked about, these were. These were these were Hall of Famers that that she was running against. In in an, in another era, there was times and since I've been doing racing, and of course I'm not doing it so much anymore, so a little bit, but not much. But anyway, in the, in my span of racing, there was times that she would have been one of the top fillies, but she just happened to come around at a time when there were just like you said earlier, so very many good fillies, you know, and 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 she was honestly just a cut a cut below the very very best, you know, but she was very very good, you know. Yeah, no, look, 34, 34 races, eight wins, 10 seconds, four, four thirds. I mean, she was, she was, and, and honestly, if you look for the most part, if she didn't run in, in the top three, she she ran fourth. So, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, now, you, she rarely, she rarely came in, in last. Yeah. She would have been hurt, you know. As noted earlier, Rosa Robata, the horse or the person, was never afraid of a fight, joining one or starting one. Well, she was one of those ones, too, Ron, that, you know, they were on the track a long time. She didn't, you know, she wasn't a two-year-old flash in the pan or even three-year-old flash in the pan. And she, you know, you look back through <laughs> her, you know, on Equibase, she danced every dance. Uh, you know, um, you know, she really didn't, you know, miss a bit. I'm just, I'm just looking now. August 9th, August 28th, 9th, September 11th, October 16th, uh, November 13th. I mean, she, she could, she was a hard, what I like to call a hard knocker. Well, some of them, you know, some of them actually, I mean, they really, really enjoy what they do. Some of them really enjoy racing, and she was one of those now. She was no non- she was absolutely no nonsense in the barn, you know. She was, she wasn't one that you could take the kids up to pet her, you know, that sort of thing, you know. <laughs> That's but great. she was yep. absolutely no nonsense, you know, and mm-hmm. she she may play with a play with the blacksmith and try to kick him or the vet or something, just play and get whatever, you know, but yeah. Yeah. but she uh when when it's time to go to the track, she 
she was all about business, and uh, and, and and as you said earlier in her in her conversation, she she brought it every time. You know, she she tried her best, and 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 she was one of those if <clears throat> she saw she was beat for for first and second, and she, and she she was in the race of her life for third. She would try to get third rather than fourth. Keep in other words, she yeah. she was competitive wherever she was at. Dale also Dale did a marvelous job training this fellow. In other words, he knew what he had and. He treated her according to her personality, et cetera, et cetera. Which Dale's a—he's a world-class trainer, and he—you know—he—he he, he knows what he's doing. So many, uh, an awful lot, an awful lot of it. In fact, everything you know on, on the human end goes to him. You know, as far as my tenure with her, you know. But uh, but he did an awfully good job with her. You know. Well, you know, to your point, I'm just looking in that last year that she raced, starting with Derby Day. She went from. Churchill to Pimlico, back to Churchill, up to Belmont, up to Saratoga, back to Ellis, over to Keeneland, and those are grade one, grade three, grade one, grade one, grade three, grade three, grade two. I mean, she, like you said, just just point her to the track, right, and she'll find the oh, gate yeah. and she'll go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just point her that way, and she, you know, she'll find the gate. Yes, yeah. yeah. One thing I liked about her too, when I look at her past performances. And I always like to use this saying: she didn't have to carry her track around with her. She she went everywhere. No, she went, you know, no. She we could we could load her up, we could load her up, take her off, and you know just lead her over there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she, yeah. she needed no she needed no special no special no special treatment <laughs> no special preparation. You know, and it wouldn't make any difference if it was uh, if it was Alaska or Puerto Rico. You know, in other words, it wouldn't have made any difference where we were. You know, she would run. You know? Yep. Yep. One of my many pet peeves is the specious analogy that underweights one side while overemphasizing the other. And I really did not want to do that here, and yet it's the people, I don't know, I've been thinking a lot about this as I've been preparing for this run, and it's it would be specious, I think, to say that the horse was much like the the, the woman. That's, that's almost a little bit too yeah. much. But at the same yeah, this, time, yeah. at the same time, there's something, I almost wonder if somewhere up in the, Heavens, right? There was some. Yeah, I know exactly where you're going, and I've had the same thought, you know. And once again, it, I wouldn't want to to denigrate the hero's name, you know, by comparing her to anything about an equine or horse or anything. However, um, the the horse Rosa Rabada, you know, she did not shame her in her effort. It is uh, all she could do as an equine. She did everything she could do. She was very brave. She was she was very you know she 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 brought no no shame to the name. Let's say it that way. You know. We're going to dive deeper into Rosa Robata, the person story next week with Dr. Patricia Hebera Rice, director of the Office of the Senior Historian at the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum, on our podcast. I dearly hope you'll join us. Here in the telegraph, for a bear, I'll fight. I hear his foot's all right. A boss at all, the horse, a big red. Last night, I know it's silent.